Hello, welcome to Skull RPG Podcast. My name is Dwight Skull. My name is Jacob Skull. And today we're going to teach you how to tell, tell your, your story. story. So our uh, last couple episodes have been on GMing 101 for like how to help you become a GM. So I think the next thing we should talk about is how to help you with tips and tricks in terms of player management or just making your table as as synergetic as possible yeah let's just well that would be our next series will be um gming 101 for players basically or with players so in this one one of the big complaints that you'll hear a lot is that uh you know my players are ruining my game and let's just talk about that in a in a very broad sense so there are two types of ways that that could go one way of course is that you're railroading your players to only do exactly what you want, and they are bucking the system. And in that case, I don't think they're ruining your game. They're trying to reset your expectations, and you need to also reset your expectations. So if you're setting up a railroad where the players have very little choice, very little impact, you're going to tell your story regardless. You're telling them a story, and they're not able to tell their own story or interact with your own story and change it. Then, yes, you're going to have unruly players, and in some ways, I think you deserve it. Because you've, I mean, you're, you're creating an environment that is not one that's conducive to having a good time. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You're basically, it's like story time at the library when you were like in elementary school. And now you're forced to roll stuff and it doesn't matter what you roll. It doesn't matter what happens. This is going to happen to you regardless. And that is not the way that anyone should do game mastering. Not exactly, not even what we would recommend at all by any stretch of imagination. So that said... The second way that players might be ruining your game is through doing a lot of weird actions. Like you're trying to have a serious component and they're just quoting Mighty Python 24-7. Or you're trying to um, engage them and they're just on their phones playing the next click adventure or whatever that they downloaded from the store, you know, from the app store. Or they may have an actual legitimate or illegitimate beef with you and they like to take it out passive aggressively in your gaming sessions as opposed to outside of that. Um, the other thing is they could just be asking for a lot of absurd things and you just don't know exactly how to say no to that. We're going to cover all of these kind of in depth as we go forward, but I just want to, um, you know, over the next couple of days, uh, we're going to cover each kind of one of those things plus some more things. What I really want to focus on, though, is let's just talk about the first thing. Let's say that you have created a campaign. You followed our rules on the things you listened to the last couple of episodes where it's like, okay, I got a campaign. I got three acts. I got three subplots. I have game sessions that are going. And then your players do something that you think is just off the rails. It ruins literally two-thirds of your planning. What do you do? Right? Do you um, just say, well, forget about it. I'm just going to... I'm just going to, you know, just throw this whole thing away or, oh, wait, forget about it. I'm going to do everything I can to still force this down their throats, right? And those two things I think are extremes that should never be followed on Mm -hmm. either side. So looking at our last kind of conversation we had, like we had this woman who had lost a child. She became a villain, started becoming like a Jack the Ripper serial killer and trying to pin it on other people. And we had a plan like um, they get your players get called in as kind of PIs around the third murder from one of the family members because that family member perceives that the cops aren't doing their job. And um, the end of the first act was kind of uh, them catching who they thought was the killer. Mm -hmm. And let's say that they are as PIs, let's say that they end up killing that person. 
Well, that puts a huge damper in your stuff because now there's going to be this ongoing police investigation about this murder. Because, again, they're, they're privatized. They don't have a license to kill people. They don't get to just run around and, you know, do that. Um, if they're going to subdue somebody, they actually have to subdue them until the cops get there. They can't just, um, you know, you, you can't just run around killing everybody if you're in that kind of a scenario. So what then do you end up doing? Well, if they do end up killing the person, I would have consequences for it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So now you have them trying to either lie to the police, explain what happened to the police, those sorts of things. We actually set up that the first person they find is actually not the real killer. It's just somebody that was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And depending on how the players reacted, they might have fought back. Mm-hmm. So you could have a little bit of a side drama going on every couple of game sessions where the police are getting closer to figuring out that they did something. Do they Do they stop the case? Do they work on that? And let's say the players just decide not to deal with the case at all. Like, they're going to now try to save their own skins, and that's now what the game becomes about. That's okay. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, though, you still keep having the murders progress along along your timeline as if they were pursuing them. Because that might bring them back to those murders. But it could also be really fun to pivot your entire game and, and have them now trying to figure out how to, um, you know, either clear their names explain it was an accident. I mean, however they want to play it, right? I mean, it's I don't even know how to begin at that point. I would just keep throwing random or stuff out at that point. The other the other advantage with that is if you're still wanting to have a little bit of the thing of them trying to figure out who the real murderer is and they went down that road. Yeah. One of the things you could have happen to add a little bit more drama is the actual serial killer sees that these persons murdered. Right. Why they, don't you just that she Start starts shifting them. the blame, yeah, because it's still helping her get her agenda done. It's a good point. Where now the villain looks at it and says, "Oh, hey, this helps me. It's an opportunity. I can now also shift the blame on these three people, these four people, and start, you know, doing that." So you have this interesting thing where the the cat is chasing the mouse, but the mouse realizes that maybe they're the real cat, and the cat realizes mm-hmm. that they're the mouse. I mean, mm-hmm. um. And that could be a fun little way of going, too. All I'm trying to say here is if you hold on to – so let's just be honest. What I like to do is, you know, maybe five or six weeks before we start playing another game session, we know that the other GM stuff's wrapping up or my stuff's wrapping up. I'll come up with a concept, and I'll sketch it out pretty loosely. I'll come up with the first act and then some ideas on the second and the third act and kind of have an idea of where I'm going. I'll then pitch an idea to my players like, hey, I'd like to do this sci-fi, cyberpunk, Shadowrun-esque game that's going to have a little bit of a murder mystery in the thing with a serial killer. Are you guys up for that? And they would say yes or no. If they're saying yes, perfect. Um, Then I would flesh out maybe the rest of it. I'd flesh out the villain. I'd flesh out the axe. I'd flesh out the rest of the story. And then this is where a lexicon comes in so they can actually help you build the world on. I don't want to see X or I want to see Y. Exactly. And we'll cover lexicon again. We covered it way at the beginning. But we'll cover lexicon again and um, again underneath this series to talk about uh, player choice and player agency. It'll come up there as well. And so... Um, you do all that and then you get set to go. And then at this point you're playing your normal game sessions and two or three months down the road, I can kind of see the trajectory of where we're supposed to be heading. The players do something odd, which they will. I can adjust my trajectory. No problem. I can incorporate some of the ideas we've talked about to realign or misalign or 
scrap an idea or combine a new idea in, it doesn't really matter. To me, I hold on to maybe the first act pretty tightly because it's just going to help me get everybody into the game. Everybody settled down. Everybody gets to know one another. And we're not doing the standard, you all meet in a bar trope. It's kind of, here's, here's where the hooks are. Here's how we're going. And then after the first act, depending on how they played it, things could change dramatically. The first session or two is pivot, pivotal because it's actually helping your players get immersed in the world, figuring out what the actual tension is. Right. But after that, they could go almost anywhere. Oh, and also because we play a lot of new RPGs all the time, the first couple of sessions in a lot of ways are not technically throwaway, but they are throwaway because we're learning a fight mechanic. We're learning mm-hmm. how your character actually functions. We're learning maybe how some of your disadvantages, your flaws actually affect your character and how all of that works, you know? Yeah. So all of that to say... um, Hold your stuff pretty lightly because if your players are ruining your game because you're being railroady, this is how you you fix it. We're going to have a lot more episodes now on this subject. We're going to talk about how to do improv, and then we're going to move into um, so what if the problem isn't you? What if the problem actually is the player? We're going to deal with different types of problem players and how to solve for each one. Um, that doesn't look like just kicking everybody out and starting a new game. Um, although to be fair. That could be an option if it has to go that route. But always for me, that's kind of the last last Resort, option I yeah. always want to do. So hopefully that gives you an idea of where we're going. Hopefully it gives you an idea of how not to railroad your players. So if your players are being unruly, maybe it's you. Take a look at that. Make sure you're not forcing choices down people's throats because as soon as you stop doing that, They'll respond in kind, may take a couple of weeks for them to realize you're not just throwing stuff down their throat, and you will basically uh, benefit from the fact that now they feel like they have choices again, and they should they should calm down. So we're going to cover how to give more choices in the next couple episodes, and we're going to cover what if you've all done that, and it still hasn't helped after that. So we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks. Hey, thanks for listening. And for more resources, please go to SkullRPG.com.